The festive season is here, and I can't think of a better time to be enjoying delicious cocktails with your nearest and dearest. So this Christmas, why not celebrate the Italian way with Malfi Gin and be transported to the stylish Amalfi Coast to experience a taste of La Dolce Vita, a lifestyle that is so rain. It's all about bringing your community together to enjoy the simple pleasures in life, like a great DMC around the table with your favorite people, gorgeous food and drinks, and feeling your most stylish self. So get ready for your festive hosting and head to MalfiGin.com to find your flavor along with plenty of dreamy cocktail recipes. There's no better way to enjoy a slice of Italy this Christmas. Cheers to that and enjoy Malfi responsibly. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. And I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up, having important conversations and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. I can't believe I'm even saying this, but today we're joined by Hollywood royalty, Kate Hudson. Kate's rom-com era was everything from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days to Bride Wars, and her scene-stealing turn in Almost Famous won her a Golden Globe and an Oscar nomination. Kate is back with the Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, which is landing on Netflix soon. Daniel Craig returns as the super sleuth and Kate stars as the tone deaf, model turned questionable entrepreneur, Birdie. It's got twists, it's got turns, your head is gonna be spinning. Kate tells me about the time that she had to truly face herself. She gives us all some epic advice about contentment and shares some wise words her mum Goldie Horn gave her. It was a real honour to sit down with Kate IRL, so I hope you enjoyed this chat just as much as you can hear I did. Now crowns are the ready, let's rain. Babes, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Oh, good. Like I'm beside myself. Too. It's gonna be it's gonna be epic. I love that you say babes because I call like that's me bo- I say Bobs, but that's Bob's. my best girlfriend. I say Bobs. Oh I like that. Bobs. I might start doing Bobs which, instead. Yeah, which turns into Babas. Oh, I love now we call that. each other babas. So much range on the babe word mm-hmm. there. And you just have to keep going. <laughs> it just keeps morphing. Every year we're friends, it just keeps changing into something else. You're really diversifying my vocabulary because <laughs> I basically use babe as like a punctuation yeah. mark at this point. That's it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, knives out. I mean. Glass onion. Did you see it? I saw it. It was so complex. I really had to concentrate. But it had everything, plot twists, which we can't talk about. Mm-hmm. It had murder, it had intrigue, it had stunning outfits. You were fantabulous oh, in it. I loved it. And it is really layered like an onion, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's, you you know, peeling back those mm-hmm. layers as, as, uh, as we've all been saying for, for this press tour. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, Ryan Johnson's such a great writer as well as obviously such an amazing director. But to have a writer-director deliver a script that mm-hmm. kind of gave you everything as a reader and then watch him bring this to life and uh, was one of the great 
joys of my career. It was so, I mean, he's so wonderful. And and the cast he put together was so great and we all loved each other so much. And it was really a special experience. Yeah. And the movie, I mean, you just like reading a script like that, you don't get those opportunities very mm. often of movies that are going to get made that are going to be like big movies, you know. Usually you read a great script and you're like, do you have financing? <laughs> like, <laughs> can you get any money for this beautiful little script, you know. Um, or you read bigger movies that you're sort of like, eh. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, there's there's it's very rare that you read something that you're like, wow, this is not only going to be such a fun mm. experience at the theater, but it's also just so weighted and great storytelling and and a really like beautiful artist of you know a man like Ryan. It's just he's so great. So mm. I felt really lucky to be in it. Yeah. Well, you are f amazing in it. But how much are you layered like an onion? Like what layer <laughs> of you would be the most I've surprising? Had to, I've, had to, I've had to discover, I'm still peeling back those mm -hmm. layers, you know? I mean, I think we all are. I think we, Every when day. we, I think when we choose not to be, that's kind of, that's the, that's like problematic. You know, we all have these like, you know, we all have to figure out what's at the core of our own little onion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would say yes. I would say, I would say that my life has. I've had a lot of things in my life that I've had to look at and go deeper mm. on and about for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, this podcast is all about finding your power. Yeah, well, that happens with a lot of work mm. and and honesty. Like you have to be honest with yourself. You know, that when, when I think that, I think that's when things started changing for me is when I started taking far more accountability for my own shit. That was when it started to shift, mm. you know, because that's where I think you, when you find your power, when you realize how imperfect we all are, when you're like, okay with that, there's it's very liberating. Mm. When do you think like you got to that moment? Uh, after my second failed baby daddy relationship. That moment for me was like, okay, I gotta, now I have to figure this out. Mm. You know, that was really hard for me because I didn't want that to end. But I was like, oh, this is an issue. I need to figure out what this is in my life that I keep, this pattern I keep repeating um, and take accountability for it. That was, a, that was the biggest change for me in my life. Mm. Um, but it's, but, but like, I mean, also constantly discovering new things to take accountability for. I think the issue is when people blame everybody else for like any challenges or hardships. 1,000%. I mean, that's like, that's not a good sign. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to be friends with that person. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, the finger pointer is not my favorite. I'm always like, what am I doing? You know, I grew up with my mom saying, you know, if you point one finger out, there's always three pointed back at you. That's a great and, line. Oh, yeah. And that's right. That was my grandmother. That's my grandmother's line. And then my mom would say that to us. And every time we'd come home from school and there'd be a drama or an issue, she'd be like, mm-mm, you can point that finger out, but what's what's what are those mm. three things that you're bringing to the table? So even when it was really annoying to like have to go there. We were always kind of forced to go there mm. when we were younger. And so I always live by that. It's like, the second something's not right, I, I look inward. Mm. Like, what am I doing? But it's one of the hardest things to do. I think facing yourself in the mirror is one of the most difficult things I've ever, have to, ever had to do when I've literally like, 
babes, this is... <laughs> no. This behavioral pattern is not servicing you anymore and you need to take a look at yourself and find another little bit of self-love for yourself yeah. as well. Because that's so part of that journey too, isn't it? Is finding a sense of love for yourself. Because that is a difficult journey to go on, isn't it? And it's it? hard. And I think everyone has... Look, we know so much about our brain now, mm. right? And we are predisposed... We're fight or flight creature. You know, we're way more like um, prone to be fear driven, to be negative thinkers. That's actually the opposite. Like it's harder for us to have a more optimistic outlook and brain. It's harder for us to be fearless. Mm. Um, and so it's like reprogramming the brain to actually find out how to how to like open that up and realize that we don't have to be ruled by those things, you know? And that's not an easy thing to do. A quote that I always love is, 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 you know, contentment is a discipline. And like in order to really find peace, inner peace or happiness, which I think that is inner peace, or feeling like liberated from whatever constraints you have, I feel like you have to, you ha it's a discipline. Like mm. you actually have to work at doing that. And it's a lot easier for people to distract themselves, distract themselves with someone else being at fault, distract themselves with other dramas in other people's lives, distract themselves with celebrity fodder and, you know, gossip mm. instead of actually looking at, like, their own happiness. Mm. I mean, contentment is the ultimate success in a way, isn't it? And you've had the most amazing career I mean, babes, you are the definition <laughs> of iconic for me. Like, how's the guy in 10 days? Aww. Tick. Knives out? Tick. <laughs> Bribe wars? Tick. I mean, Aww. the IMBD is off the charts. And you've achieved... I've had fun. You've... You've I've had, had fun. a lot of fun movies, yeah. There's also a lot of things I'd still, I still want to do. Like, mm. I was in Nine, which was so much fun. I love that movie. But I'd also really love to do, like, a full-on musical. I still haven't done Please. a full-on where I'm, like, in it and all the time and... You know, yeah. I'd love to do that. Oh my God, That's can we manifest list. this? Yeah, we're, we just did. Yeah, we let's just, just pop did. it on that board. <laughs> Next year it's going to come your way. Yeah, I hope so. But when have you felt your most iconic? What do you mean? Like, because you are an icon. When have you felt your most iconic? I don't feel that way. Please. I don't. I don't. I don't see my, I always say, like, when you see the out, I don't think the inside out looks like that. I mean, I sometimes see things from the outside and I still am sort of taken aback by the success I've been able to have mm. in my career. And like, you know, I guess because my family is so, like, don't believe the hype type family, mm. like keeping it real, you know, like my family will never, would never let us believe any of it. <laughs> like they like definitely keep it very real for, mm. we all do for all of us. That I've never felt that way, mm. you know? Um, but I've definitely had moments where I've been shocked by responses mm. where I've, been like in places in the world that I would have never guessed that I would be recognized or that I wouldn't be able to like leave a restaurant. Those are moments where they always feel kind of a little out of body. I remember the first time, one of my first moments like that was I remember watching a girl run across like three blocks in New York City with a sunflower and I thought she's so cute. Like who's this girl running through the New York streets with a sunflower? Where is she going? And she kept getting closer and closer to me and 
she just came right up to me and she was just she just gave me the that sunflower. That is so cute. And she was like, "Thank you," and I took it and I was like, "Oh my god, that's the best!" And I was really young and that was sort of, sort of I'll never forget. I'll never forget that feeling of like, "Oh wow, she." She was so happy, you mm. know, and that made me feel happy that I gave her that feeling, mm. you know. Well, you give cool. that feeling to a lot of people. And I think when people see success, they always see the outward level of the success. And they see, you know, the Golden Globe win. They see the Oscar nomination. How long does that success last for tangibly within? <laughs> This industry is a really good way of making that not last very long. <laughs> I mean, we are a brutal industry, mm. you know, which is kind of why I love it. It's like, you know, it's pretty, it's it's not an easy world to be in and internally. Mm. Um, you know, it humbles you very quickly. And, and I think because I knew that going into it, like before, when I was young, I was, I was so prepared for that aspect of it, that it never really like, that, that I was always way more focused on the work than like any kind of, like I was really careful not to get sucked into, you know, that whole awards cycle for me felt more like a dream than it did anything mm. that I really truly like believed in my, you know, like, yes. Yeah, that never existed in me. It was mm -hmm. like, wow, this is so wonderful. And and then it and then it was over mm -hmm. and then I kept working and that's just what, ha you know, you just keep going. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that it's one thing to get into the business because you want to be famous, but I, I grew up with very, my, my parents were so famous mm -hmm. that I actually had a, a very different feeling to it. Like I didn't like it. I didn't like, the attention that was taken from our family at times, and I didn't like the interruption, and it—I didn't like how people would, you know, kiss their butts, and and I knew it was so fake. Or, I—you could see like us, we would laugh, like we would know the people that would come in and like have no, like wouldn't even say hello to us kids, you know. We're just so focused on our parents, and it was sort of like, oh, that's what that is, and it was never the thing that made me want to be an actor mm. like the thing that actually made me want to be an actor was the performance aspect of it you know mm. I really love doing it mm. and I love playing like off the wall characters and since I was a little girl and I so I knew that it, I knew that there was either a, there was a chance that I'd be able to do it for the rest of my life or there wasn't going to be that mm. chance and the fact that I got the opportunity to, to actually do this forever like the, I mean I'm so thank god because I'd be, I'd be really sad. I mean, thank God, because I love <laughs> I'd be really watching you on screen. Sad if I yeah, do I'd be it. sad too. <laughs> sad on your behalf. It would suck. And then you come to this point in your career where you are starring in Knives Out, and the character is so rich, it's so complex, and she's so eccentric, she's so over the top, she's and she's so nuts. she is a mounting pot. She's a cocktail yes. of a she character. Is flamboyant and loud and tone deaf and. Mm. You know, I I love, I mean, I think the interesting thing for me about playing Birdie was like the grounding aspect of, because, you know, when, so, when a character's that loud on the page mm -hmm. and that shiny, if you don't ground her, it's not going to be as funny. You know, you, you got to know where this is coming from. How are we going to empathize with Birdie? Those were the sort of things that I was thinking about. And... And 
for me, that way, like when you go on the ride with Birdie and she has all these crazy lines that are really funny and um, you actually like her instead because they're all really terrible people. You know, I think that that's the whole Ryan has this amazing way of writing like terribly delicious characters. So for me with Birdie, because she's so loud, it was like, what is what is at the center of this? And for me, it was all about her desperate need for validation. And really, like, I just don't think she's that smart. Mm. You know, I think at the end of the day, she wishes she was more intelligent than she was. She's very ignorant. And um, and it doesn't mean she's not doesn't have abilities, but she's definitely like, you know, I always say Birdie just hears every third word. Yeah. That's where she's at. <laughs> that comes across. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm not really listening she's like, here. I don't know really know what's going on. <laughs> I'm in my own bubble, but it's great. Yeah. Or do I? I am so excited that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by my favorite tipple for the festive season, Malfi Gin. A gin from Italy inspired by the glamour of the Amalfi Coast. I love the festive season because it's the perfect opportunity to dress up. And this Christmas, Malfi Gin has partnered with By Rotation, the UK's largest fashion rental platform. They've curated an edit of the most stylish party wear for you to channel La Dolce Vita so you can look as stunningly gorgeous as Malfi Gin tastes. Just use the code Malfi on the La Dolce Vita edit and receive 15% off your rental on the Buy Rotation app right now. Merry Christmas and enjoy Malfi responsibly. I think it is interesting that we got to this point in the entertainment business where we are talking about the representation of women more and also changing the kind of conversations we're having around that. Right. Because I think we've got to this point where, you know, we can have conversations about it, but there's still so much room to go in terms of representation of women on screen. What still frustrates you about the kind of conversations we're still having to have about the representation of women on screen? Well, I think the frustrating thing is that, well, let me start, I'm I'm a very like half glass full person, Mm. right? So I'm not, you know, when I have these conversations, I'm always like, I never want them to come across as as feeling like bitter in any sense, because, you know, I, I look at everything as like, all right, great, we got there, and now we keep going, right? The reality is, is that the frustrating thing is, is that I think the dialogue is there, mm. but I'm not so sure the implementation is really like as active as it should be. I think it's getting more, it's getting better, um, but I'm still like internally, like there's a lot of things that happen that you're like, no, you really shouldn't do that, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, and and people know people know they're they're trying to you know everyone's there a lot of people are trying to figure out how to navigate it and um and at the end of the day like anything like when anything's systemic like whether it be racism or misogyny it's a really hard thing to unlearn mm. and you see it all the time and so my hope is that the dialogue just continues I love that you can call people out on it more without it being like something that you're afraid you'll lose a job. Mm. Um, that you can actually have a real honest conversation with someone like that didn't feel right, you know. And um, but I still think we have a, I mean, a ways to go with this. You know, it's you know we'll we'll get there. Mm. We're, I mean, when, when I was I I was writing about my mom and her birthday the other day. 
and thinking about her and her time. And and you know, she was one of the first, if not the first, actress to produce her own films, female. Whereas men had been doing it, women had not been. And she came out and started producing it. And it was, I mean, she had to, I mean, she had to beat Doris down and, you know, deal with being considered unlikable mm. and all. And she's very open and talks about this. Like, you know, someone like my mom, who's actually like the best, you know, but in order to get, in order to like get the things that she knew that she would, she was uncompromising about her work or about the movies that she wanted, you know, it didn't, it didn't sit well with a lot of people. Um, to to be sort of confronted by a female producer, mm. actress producer. And she like really led the way for a lot of us in that way. And it takes a lot of guts and courage and it's not fun. So the women that have that ability to sort of those real trailblazers that kind of take that on and just do it, it's really, I mean, it's really courageous. Mm. So I feel like along the way we've had people like that, like my mother, like Meryl, um, being just, you know, fighting the good fight. And so it makes it a little bit easier for our generation. Mm. But still, still just chucking along. Do you feel like you have a stronger sense of your own voice now than you've ever had before? I feel like I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of the opposite. Like, I feel like I came out, like, with, the, with like, too strong of a voice, like, and I was saying, like, as a little girl, mm. that I've actually had to learn how to manage those things, you know? Like, sometimes it's best, like, how to actually, you know, what's the most effective way for change? Like, how do we do that? And it, and to me, it's through action, mm. not necessarily provocative voice. I think you lead through example. How, what do your businesses look like? What does your team look like? What are the kinds of movies that you're making? Who are you choosing to work with? Um, are you walking the walk? That to me is really important. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that room and you're seeing something that feels like it shouldn't be in place or that it's something feels unequal, that you are actually able to sit down with people and have that influence to say, this needs to change, mm -hmm. you know? This is how I see this and I think it's wrong, you know? And I think internally when you can do that, I think it's really, I mean, that's, I think we, we should all be doing things mm. like that. Activism is different. And I'm, you know, I'm not in that place in my life to, to sort of follow through with like that activism voice. I have so much admiration for people who dedicate their life to certain causes and things. Um, I kind of want to be able to connect with people, with everyone. Like, I want to walk on a bridge and meet someone on, on it and, like, actually meet them and talk to them. Um, and I find that, you know, using my platform, if I was too loud about certain things, that I wouldn't necessarily be able to get on that bridge mm. with certain with – certain, and have, have certain kinds of opportunities that might actually have, like, you know, where I can actually, like, talk someone into understanding that there should be change. Mm. Um, there's a spa There's a place, I think, for every kind of, uh, especially with women's rights, I think there's space for a, a lot of different kinds of people who want to make change. For me, it's more about how I do that internally. Mm. I, and, 
I think that's such a great way of putting it because I think this podcast is about all about the lessons and the teachers in our life as well. Yeah. And I think you can't find those experiences unless you're willing to like sit down, meet someone that bridge like the way you were saying. Yeah. And actually have a conversation. Like that's so powerful, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I, you know, I do think that there are certain people who are better at other things than others. You know, mm. I don't know if I would be a good like loud, you know, like I've got friends who are just like I've, I've, I like wish sometimes I had that and I was like that because they're just so great. They just say ev- anything that they're thinking and come at you, you know, and it's provocative. And I'm like, yes, we need that, you know. I'm a solution oriented person. Like I want to sit down and talk things out. I want to ask people that I'm working with why their board isn't 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 representative mm. of their company or of their customer. Like those are the kinds of things I get into. Yeah. Who do you think's been the greatest teacher and given you the biggest lesson in life, do you think? I feel like I've been really lucky to have a lot of them. I mean, I, obviously my parents are my parents and I've got really wonderful parents um, they're both very different. I mean, they couldn't be more different, which is very interesting. Politically, their personalities. Um, the one thing that they're they're so aligned with is like family values and 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 how to how they raised us and um, and the unit. So I feel like I've gotten a really good like middle ground. Mm. Like they're so different that I feel like I've learned from both of them. Oh, but I've had so many great mentors. Like. Even just my first, like working with Linda Opst on How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, she was my par- producer. And I mean, we I, I learned so much from her on that movie and I take that with me all the time. Um, I, every director I've ever worked with, whether I've enjoyed the experience or have <laughs> kind of like, oh, I can, that's not the best experience. Yeah. Any of them, I've learned. I've learned so much from them. But in terms of like mentorship, I would say, I mean, it would definitely be my mom and my dad. Mm. I mean, that's just thank. Thank God that was my. Thank God that's how it worked out. Yeah, I mean, also there's teachers who teach you bad things and good things. Also, things that you don't even want to act like, like you were saying about with the directors too. Yeah, I mean those. I mean, even your parents. Like we, we yeah. want to emulate some of the things, that and sometimes maybe tweet. we don't want to. Let's tweet that little thing there. <laughs> maybe we don't want to yeah. emulate that part. Yeah. Um, I also had I also had great teachers in high school. Like mm. when I was in school, I actually had really inspiring teachers, which is the best. I mean, I I only till only till later in my life did I realize how like impactful. Some of my teachers were like, my, I had a, a English teacher. I had her for two years, Hyacinth, young. I don't think I would love to read like I do if it wasn't for her. She really, she made reading for me like a world to discover. Mm. And like that, that I mean, anyone who learns to read and then ends up loving to read and a teacher that can help you go there, like that's, I think, one of the best gifts. We love Hyacinth. We love, we love Hyacinth. Hyacinth. Oh. Wherever she is right now, I hope she's reading I those books. I think she's in Montreal. <laughs> Living her best I life. Think she moved home, yeah. Now, it is the holiday season. Yes, it is. Finally, rejoice. I love the holidays. We are so ready. I feel like you must be the ultimate holiday host. Is this true? 
Yes. What's like a Kate Hudson Christmas like? I need to know. It's like a fair. It's like a fairy wonderland. <laughs> it's like a winter wonderland. Mm-hmm. I actually do have these beautiful little fairy ornaments that I have on one of my trees. I have a tree in every room. Oh wow, you really go in. Oh no, I'm like I'm like obsessed with Christmas. I can't even throw things away. Like I've had things for years that I've had and I can't. It's just Christmas is just I love it. It's like an explosion. Yeah, I mean, I was doing a, a Conan O'Brien podcast, right? And he's actually my one of my neighbors. And he said on the podcast he was like, "Oh, he goes every time I can't wait." Every year, because I know when I bike by your house, it's just like, <laughs> it makes me so happy. And I was like, oh, that makes me so happy because I do, I really go to town. Mm. I love it. And you, I love it. And do you go in on like the games at Christmas as well? Games, mm-hmm. the drinks. Oh, stunning. Like whether it be, you know, like hot chocolates or, you know, I bake pies all the time. I love it. You really are the 360 experience of a host, aren't you? The hostess with the mostess. I love that Christmas music. Mm. Anyone who says, like, oh, hate Christmas music. I'm I'm always like, like, please. Oh, no. Mariah's Christmas album. (laughs) You listen to that all year round. I feel so sad for people who don't, you know, it's like, why? You can't stand it when people are like happy for the holidays. Like, that's. It's a sad life. (laughs) I want to hug them. Yeah. It's a bleat life anyway. Just get Mariah on and just like turn yeah. it from zero to hero. Yeah, well, that won't do it for people like that. Mm, sad no. times. Yeah. Well, before you skip off to go get the house ready for the holidays, because okay. that must take years yeah, to well, get ready I for have that. A little, I have a little, I have Your some, little Santa's helper. I have some Santa's helpers, mm-hmm. yeah. Stunning. Yeah, including Ronnie, who did her tree yesterday, which made me actually sad because I was. You were there. like, I'm not there. I was like, what, what just happened? My daughter put her. Um, and you also like I also needed to create a director. Yeah, no, she's like a she's a Libra. She's like I mean she's got the vision. She's already like Pinterest boarding her life, and she's like four. She's got like I mean Ronnie is unbelievable. Everything is so beautifully laid out in her life already. It's just wild. Well, before the holidays, we always end on this final question. Okay. That always is in the reign of your life. Okay. What is the one rule you always live by? What is that rule for you? Oh, oh. I have a couple of them, but the one rule for me to live by is, you know, we only live once. Mm -hmm. And if we're not enjoying it, then we're kind of wasting it. So don't take yourself too seriously. I think that's like, take your work seriously, like work hard. It feels good to do that, but like, don't, don't take yourself too seriously. Mm -hmm. Have fun. And put up those trees in every single yeah. room. <laughs> and like, and like, also like, don't ever forget the power of a smile. Like, a smile can change someone's whole world in one day. You sometimes realize when you see someone with great energy and great smile and they're connecting to you, that they just literally change your day. And you can really change someone's life by being nice to them, mm. you know? And I and by giving sharing that smile, it's not to be underestimated. I think that's the great power in our life. Mm. So, yeah, 
always share that, share a smile, for sure. I love that. Well, you brought me a lot of joy today. Good. A lot of words of wisdom. Yeah. Yes. And I'm ready to go face the rest of the day this now, so Babs. Thank you so much. I love talking to you. Love talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode. And if you have, let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. I love to hear from you. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcasts from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time.